What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me here for this Thursday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We're a sports ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You can find me on Twitter at JoeOrico99 and at EthosFantasyBB. We are still posting daily content over there. These podcasts are pickups of the day and a ton of other stuff coming out on the weekly side as well. We have a weather article. We have two-star pitchers. We have a bullpen piece. We're still putting those out, even though the season is winding down. A lot of places have abandoned you in their baseball content. We have not. We're still pumping out stuff here every single day, so make sure you're checking it out and supporting the guys over at Ethos Fantasy BB and at SportsEthos.com. That is right from the source. If you guys are not someone who uses social media, understandable. It can be kind of annoying at times. Just go right to SportsEthos.com and you get all that same great content over there. We are going to talk weekend streamers. I've upped this one a day earlier than I usually do just because I want you guys to have more time to stream here. Uh, That's why we moved up the day um, that I talked yesterday about the pickups of the week that I talk about here. We do pickups of the day on in article form, but I also talk about my favorite pickups of the week here, usually on Thursdays. I did it on Wednesday, and we just moved up the whole schedule here. So today we are going to talk about weekend streamers. Usually I'll do a, a Friday show talking about streamers. Sometimes you guys might be able to get the Friday night guy. Sometimes you might not be able to. But for sure here, uh, coming out on Thursday evening, you guys have no excuse if these guys are available to go and pick them up in your league. So let's start off with the name that is probably less familiar than some of the others we're going to talk about here. I got to be honest, we, we kind of have this thing in the fantasy world where we almost like pretend like we have to know every player. It's part of me feels like we probably should know most of them, but there are also, you know, there's... 750 players on big league rosters, not to mention all the guys that get called up throughout the year and the random guys that you never heard of. It's, there's there's a lot of guys to keep track of. All that being said, I didn't know who Sawyer Gibson Long was before maybe a week ago, a couple weeks ago. He had that first start against the White Sox, which was fine. It was very good. Five strong innings. He got the victory, five strikeouts. Then his last time out against the Angels, he struck out 11. He did have three walks, allowed two hits, but he struck out 11 batters over one run ball. That's going to make you perk your head up and take note, especially this time of year, (laughs) and especially because his next start is tomorrow against the Oakland Athletics in Oakland. It's a great spot. Now, I don't know how much faith I have going forward in him, but considering how well he has done through these first couple of starts, the advanced metrics back up what he's doing as well. It's not like he's gotten crazy, crazy lucky. Again, nothing really stabilizes over two starts, but sometimes you see a guy through two starts has not allowed an earned run in the FIP and the XFIP and everything is in the six range or five range. You're like, oh, well, he got very lucky there. It's only two starts, and granted, it has not really stabilized yet, but his 2.7 ERA, you know, you get the 2.45 FIP, or excuse me, that's XFIP, and then 2.26 FIP, 166 XERA, Those are all very good numbers. Again, don't read too much into them. It's just a couple of games, but it's a more positive sign than if they were looking horrible and if they were in the sevens, right? You take that, you take the matchup, you take what he did in his last time out. I think that he's probably one of my preferred streamers over the course of the weekend. Anything can happen with a guy who gets called up. He's had kind of a mixed bag in the minor leagues. There's some levels where he looked pretty good. There were some stretches where he looked good. There was also stretches where he looked horrible in the minor league. So I don't really know what he is going forward, but we are at the time of year where I don't really need to know what you're going to be going forward. I tweeted this out earlier today, and I think it's important. Advanced stats at this time of year, you take a look at them. You don't fully throw them away, 
but they don't matter much, right? You're more so looking at those basic trends. And I know a lot of the advanced analytics people aren't going to like it, but it's true. Over the last week and a half of the season, it's very unlikely that if somebody has not been meeting their peripherals throughout the season, that they are just now going to do it. Oh, well, he's been underperforming you know, the entire season. Now is when he's going to turn it around. It's unlikely that you're going to catch that lightning in a bottle. And the same thing on the reverse side of it. He's been outperforming his splits the whole year. He's due to get rocked today. Well, maybe that that might be the case, but he hasn't been getting rocked throughout the course of the season. Look at Blake Snell. Blake Snell has more walks than anybody else in baseball. His stats, his pitching metrics, his indicators are fine. They're okay. They're quite a bit worse than if you're looking at Spencer Strider, Kevin Gosman, Garrett Coles of the world. But right now, Blake Snell has been the hottest pitcher in the planet. I wouldn't want to go with anybody else, probably, maybe Spencer Strider, but there's really a short list of guys that I would take over Blake Snell right now just because of how strong he has been. That's kind of the name of the game at this point of the season. Yeah, the advanced metrics aren't great. The walk rate is ridiculously high, but that doesn't really matter over the course of one start or two starts. I think that's as most as you're going to get out of any pitcher at this point is two starts. Most teams are about 10 games left. You're not going to have time for those numbers to stabilize. They are what they are for this season. And if somebody's over the last couple weeks been on a complete heater and they have six home runs, I'm willing to bet that they're probably going to maintain a decent pace over the next week. Again, we have no idea. That's the beautiful thing and the horrible thing about baseball. Look at David Schneider. David Schneider had the hottest start ever through his first 25 games. He had people like me tweeting out, well, hell, if he keeps this up, he might have rookie of the year you know, consideration. He might be a finalist. And then he proceeds to go over 23 or whatever it was. These things do happen. It is baseball. But right now, you are going for those hot players. Sawyer Gibson Long is probably the hottest commodity on the waiver wire right now, especially in terms of pitchers. But really, you could make the argument that in terms of anybody, he should be picked up above them all. He's gone up 21% over the last couple days, up to 31%. Side note, it's good to see people still play in fantasy to the end of the season. That's very good. But this number should be going up higher. I'd be willing to guess that by tomorrow morning, maybe by the time you guys are even hearing this, this number has pushed up over 40%. Again, it's kind of dicey this time of year. You never know how many people are still paying attention, how many people are in head-to-head leagues that have ended already. But I think if you are still in an active league, maybe it's not your team that needs him necessarily, but somebody in every league should be picking up Sawyer Gibson Long for that start tomorrow against Oakland. It is a juicy one for sure. Jamison Tyone is the next guy we're going to talk about for Friday. I know, I know. Uninspiring, generally not very good. He hasn't been too bad over his last couple of starts. He had the great one against Arizona. Last time was at Colorado, and we kind of not really going to hold that against him too much. It wasn't even terrible. It was only three earned runs over five innings. He gets those same Rockies again, but he gets them in Chicago this time. So you take away the Coors factor. You look at the shitful Colorado Rockies offense, and I'm willing to bet that Jamison Tyone has a pretty decent chance. First of all, he goes pretty deep into games, five, six, seven innings. He should be able to just volume his way to five or six strikeouts, but there's also a good chance that he comes away with a victory in a matchup where they are going to be very heavily favored. They are right now minus 200 favorites. I don't expect that to change at all. The other side of the pitching matchup is Noah Davis. In his 20 innings this year, his ERA is nearly 10, and his whip is over two. I don't like the Rockies' chances tomorrow. I think if you're desperate for a win, Jameson Tyone is a fairly good bet. I know that he has not been great this year. 527 ERA, 131 whip, 127 Ks in 138 innings. I'm sure this is exactly what the Cubs thought when they gave him a bunch of money. But it goes back to my previous point. I don't really care what you did over the course of the whole season. I care about trends and matchups and ballparks to some extent. 
He has a good matchup against a terrible team, and he's actually looked not too bad as of late. He is kind of hit or miss, and he can be, as Nick Pollock likes the term, cherry bombs. Sometimes they can just blow up on you. But I think, you know, if you're looking for a win, Jamison Tyone is a very, very safe option. And it's not even like he gets a hell of a lot of wins. He hasn't gotten a win since August the 8th when he had three in a row, coincidentally, because it's pretty, pretty random. But it's a very good situation where you think he should be able to put himself in that spot for the victory just by going five innings. If he's able to go five innings, I'm willing to bet that he gets a victory. A very good Cubs team going up against a pretty shitty Rockies team. He's on 33% of Yahoo rosters. Go take a look at Jamison Tyone if he's out there. I think that he does make a pretty viable option for tomorrow. That's it for Friday. I'm not going to inundate you guys with seven names on every single day because I think we need to be a little more scarce at this time of year. Um, not more scarce, a little more uh, picky, I should say, with our options on the waiver wire. I'm not going to recommend 20 different guys. If there were 20 viable guys, I would, but I'm just recommending the guys that I really think have the best chance for success. The next one we're going to talk about, we're going into Saturday here. It's going to apply to a very small amount of leagues, but I'm going to mention them anyway. It's Carlos Rodon. People dropped him all over the place. People stopped paying attention, and he's only on 77% of rosters. He has been very, very good, especially his last two times off. Uh, five innings, one run against Boston where he struck out nine. His last time out against Pittsburgh, he did allow three runs. It was six and two-thirds, so it's not too bad for the, you know, your ERA. You know, four zero five ERA for the day, you'll take that. But he had 10 strikeouts. The strikeouts are coming back for Carlos Rodon, it looks like. Now, he doesn't have the easiest matchup in the world. This is more me banking on Rodon, is figuring it out, and he is now healthy. I stand by the fact that when he is healthy, I guess it's not a fact, it's my opinion, Carlos Rodon is a top five pitcher in baseball when he is healthy. He was going to be ranked as a top three pitcher for me this season. I can't remember my initial iteration, but I might have even had him ranked ahead of Garrett Cole, just to show you how high I am on Carlos Rodon. He seems to have found it these last couple of times out. If he's available, I think he's a must-roster player. You get him against Arizona. Now, the next start after that, I'm not sure if it would be lined up for Toronto. I feel like it would be. I think that's probably what would happen. I'm not sure I would use him there necessarily, but against Arizona, I am comfortable enough, especially if you're in a weekend, and there's some people who are just going to stream out of desperation this weekend. If your desperation stream is Carlos Rodon, I think you're feeling pretty good about that. Uh, you know, you look at his whole body of work. I know this whole year has been a disappointment, but he's also been injured the whole freaking season. You know, 58 innings. He has okay, he came back for his rehab, and then he had to get shut down again. And I think that might have even happened twice. And it's just not been a good season for him. Seems like he's getting his footing now. And I think you know, if he goes out there and shoves against Arizona, then I would start him the next time out. I believe it is Toronto, but I'll double check that. Uh, but I am definitely comfortable using him against Arizona, even though they are a good team. Rodon is a good enough pitcher that I don't think that we really need to worry too much about him there. Let's talk about Jordan Wicks. And again, it's not going to be a lot of you, 77% rostered, but if you're in a shallower league and you're looking for a streamer, I think that he is he's very viable. Uh, Jordan Wicks, he is the next guy we're going to talk about. He gets the Saturday matchup against those same Rockies. He had a bad start his last time out, relatively speaking. He was three earned runs and four in a third innings. Not like an awful start, but compared to what he had done so far in his career, it was not great. He gets the Rockies at home. It's the same logic. You can just listen back to what I said about Tyone, basically. There's a good chance he gets a victory. All he's got to do is go five innings, and he's shown that he can. Uh, in his five starts, we've seen five, five, six and two-thirds, six and four and a third. Not a huge strikeout guy, but I think he's another guy that you target if you're A, looking for ratio reduction, and B, if you're looking for the good potential of coming away with a victory. I think Jordan Wicks gives you a pretty good chance there against an awful Rockies team. Like, let's be honest here. They're going to lose 100 games. Most likely, they're 56 and 96. They're awful. 
I have no problem streaming against them, even though I'm not a huge Wix guy. I think that there's, uh, again, very good chance of a win there. John Means is the next guy. And this one is, again, more along the lines of a win. I don't have a ton of faith in the strikeout ability, <laughs> seeing him in his first two outings, 10 innings, strikeout two batters. But he's looked pretty all right. He kept Houston a one run over five. The first start against St. Louis, I believe, was three runs over five. It wasn't amazing. But that last start out against Houston is definitely something that you have to take uh, as a promising sign. He goes up against Cleveland, which has a really, truly garbage offense. Like, I can't even really state how bad it is. They're 27th in runs per game. They are dead last in home runs, 28th in slugging, 27th in OPS. They're not very good. They're, they're really not very good. They were known last year as the team that had you know very high batting averages, got on base a lot, 15th in batting average, and they're 22nd in on base. They're just not scary. John Means, he's already shown from, you know, from the get-go here, since he's come back, that he can go with those five innings. He needs to get you those victories. He'll probably throw in two strikeouts, three strikeouts. Cleveland is not a team that strikes out a lot. They are a decent contact team, even though I just talked about how they're not as great of a contact team as they were. They're still not bad. But I do think John Means is a really solid streamer. Again, looking for a victory, looking for probably what will be pretty decent ratios over five or six innings. I would predict six innings with one earned run and three strikeouts for John Means. That'd be roughly what I'd be looking at. 18% rostered. He is available. He is back. John Means has always been a good pitcher. We've never really seen John Means be that bad of a pitcher. Uh, I know we're talking short sample sizes here. That's kind of the name of the game here. But John Means has always been good. There's never really been a time where I'd be like, oh, my God, John Means, he's awful. I know he hasn't really been there in a couple of years, but he's a solid pitcher. He has a great matchup, and I'm very happy uh, to stream him against Cleveland this weekend. JP France is the other guy that I'm talking about here for Friday, for, or excuse me, for Saturday. Saturday is kind of the big day where I have the most names here. I got four of them. He did not have a great start against the Royals last time. He gets those same Royals again. And this one is where sometimes you just have – a feeling. And sometimes it's not always about the data or whatever. I just don't think the Royals are going to get to a pitcher like JP France twice in a row. I know it sounds kind of stupid, but JP France has had an excellent rookie year. It has not been as good over the last month. Granted, he did have a good start against San Diego, you know, just before this Kansas City start. It was six strong, one earned run, and five strikeouts. Bad start against KC. KC is not a team that I'm worried about really repeating that kind of offense against a guy like J.P. France. You all know Vlad Sadler. I think most of you probably do. He's known as the Roto Gut. A lot of these calls that he makes are based on his gut feelings. That's kind of what he's he's got him famous. Vlad has obviously been an an excellent fantasy player for a long time. But some things are not just data. Some things you just have a feeling. And I feel like J.P. France is going to have a good start. If you want to just ignore that, I don't blame you at all. I, I think there's a lot to be said for analytics and everything else. But I think there's also something to be said for making a God call here and there. And if you guys listen regularly, you know that that's not usually something that I do. But I am willing to go out there, throw the reputation on the line for J.P. France, and say that I think he is going to be one of the more viable streamers this weekend against Kansas City. They would have to do a lot to beat Houston. I don't think they're going to do it. I think a lot of these guys we're talking about are going to be very strong streamers if you are looking for the chance of a victory. Sunday... We got a couple of guys we're going to talk about as well here. Three, actually. Christopher Sanchez is the first one. Now, he is projected to go up against the Mets. I've seen it in a couple of different places that they're lined up a little bit differently. So just double-check 100% before Sunday. Uh, you have a couple of days before, so we can kind of just see uh, what the writing on the wall is, if it looks like Christopher Sanchez is going to get that start or not. <clears throat> Excuse me. But it looks like he is. Christopher Sanchez has been excellent this year. 
91 and a third innings to a 355 ERA and a 109 whip. The Mets offense has sucked. Christopher Sanchez, he's been a good source of strikeouts. He's been a good source of everything, really. The wins haven't really been there for him, but that's not a big deal. He showed us what he could do September 13th when he worked into the eighth inning against Atlanta and struck out 10 batters. Yeah, he gave up, I think it was four runs. That's really not bad at all against Atlanta. That Atlanta team is ridiculous. The fact that he worked into the eighth and struck out 10, he showed us that he can really, really compete. Now, his next start against Atlanta did not go as well. In Atlanta, you're willing to give him a pass. The, you know, the batters had just seen him a few days prior, and they got to him a little bit. It wasn't even horrible. Three earned runs, uh, seven hits over four innings. Not great, not terrible. But I think against the Mets and a team that has struggled the entire year and a team that doesn't really give a shit anymore about what happens, I think that you can stream Christopher Sanchez and the odds are you're going to be pretty successful across the board. I think there's a good chance you get good strikeout numbers, five or six of them. There's a chance he comes away with a victory too, for sure. But I just think across the board, uh, he's somebody who's not going to hurt you and should help you in every category. He's somebody that I'm really looking at. Hunter Brown is another one. I don't think that he is going to have the same kind of start that he had last time against the Orioles. We know how good Hunter Brown can be. If you look at the advanced metrics this season, he's actually at the top of a lot of leaderboards, and we're going to dig into him a lot in the offseason. I already tweeted about him earlier in the season saying that he's going to be on a lot of my teams next year, and he is. He's very good. The strikeouts are elite, and he's facing an awful Royals team. We saw what he did against an awful uh, Oakland Athletics team last week. Five shutout innings, seven strikeouts. I think it was only one or two base runners he allowed in the whole game. Baltimore got to him a little bit, but against Kansas City, the matchup is there for him to come away with, first of all, a victory. He's got 11 on the year. The matchup is obviously very good team-wise. The strikeouts have been good for him all year as well. 174 strikeouts in 151 innings is excellent. Yeah, the ratios look a little inflated because of what has happened in the second half, but I would not let that stop you from picking up Hunter Brown in a matchup against the awful Kansas City Royals. If your championship weekend, I would feel uh, comfortable and confident with Hunter Brown. He's on 72% of rosters, so it might be kind of hard to find, but he does a lot for you, and I think he's a lot better than what the stats on the surface have told us this season for sure. Now, the last one isn't going to be in a lot of leagues, but I've seen him get dropped in 10% of leagues at this point, and it's Eduardo Rodriguez. We mentioned him yesterday or the day before now. I can't remember, but he might start against the Athletics this weekend. He is still scheduled to start against them on Sunday. 10% of people have dropped Rodriguez because he left his last start with back spasms. That is obviously concerning, but he hasn't been ruled out for his next start. So this one is a little bit of a a gray territory. But if he starts against Oakland, that's going to be one of the better streamers you're going to find on Sunday. That would be the guy I'd probably put at the top of the list in this grouping here. Eduardo Rodriguez has had a solid year, 357 ERA, 117 whip. Yeah, his last start wasn't great against the Dodgers. I'm not really going to hold that against him. Overall, it's still been a solid enough season, especially Oakland. I'd stream myself against Oakland. Oakland is awful. They're a double-A team. I can't remember what their exact loss number is, but it's like, let me just double-check here, 106 or something? Uh, 106. They're 46 and 106. I would not worry about them at all, assuming Eduardo Rodriguez is able to go. I am definitely uh, starting him against Oakland. So that'll do it for us. I'll quickly rhyme them off one more time here. Sawyer Gibson-Long and Jamison Tyone on Friday. Carlos Rodon, Jordan Wicks, John Means, and JP France on Saturday. It does feel very weird to have Carlos Rodon in a streaming group, but there you have it. That's the nature of baseball. And for Sunday, Christopher Sanchez, Hunter Brown, and Eduardo Rodriguez. Those are the nine guys that I am looking at for this weekend. Pick and choose your favorites. See who's available in your league. And let me know how it goes. Reach out over at JoeOrico99 at EthosFantasyBB as well. 
We'll answer messages there. We don't really get many DMs on that account, but if you want to send one to that account, hell, I'll get to it or one of the other guys on the team will. It's probably easier to just message me directly, but either way, we'll get to your message. Uh, and also check out sportsethos.com. That's where you can find all of the great content across all the major sports here. Got a lot of exciting stuff around the corner here, uh, specifically talking NBA and fantasy basketball. The website is going to get a little bit of uh, a little bit of an update. I'll say that. I'm not going to give away too much, but we got some exciting stuff coming for you guys to check out with basketball, I believe just about a month away exactly. So <clears throat> definitely check that out. I'll see you guys tomorrow. We will talk about fantasy baseball. I'm not sure exactly what yet. That's the nature of doing a daily show. you got to kind of figure it out uh, on a day-by-day basis sometimes. But we will talk about some hot topics around baseball tomorrow. But until then, take care, have a great night, and cheers.